Welcome to the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. Uh, today I have my guest as Simon Njogu, with whom I spoke about the subject of artisanal uh, small-scale mining about 18 months ago. Simon is the chairperson of the Small Scale Miners Association of Zambia. Otherwise, he is uh, passionate about mining in general, especially in his country, and is a human resource management professional with a bachelor's degree by training. Simon, welcome to the Shira Kama Extractive Podcast. Thank you, and um, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, my brother. Let's talk about this uh, artisanal mining and relationship with communities. You know, when yes. we think of uh, mining and relations with communities, we think of large scale. And I wanted to get a perspective of you. How would you characterize relations between artisanal small scale miners and adjacent communities? Yeah, uh, first of all, greetings once again, Shira, uh, after a long time. Um, I have seen that um, the issue of uh, small-scale mining in the old world is something that has been neglected for a long time. When we look at uh, a lot of numbers that have been shared by the World Bank Group, the numbers in Africa and different countries in Africa keeps on increasing. Every year we have like a million or a thousand people joining into the business of small-scale mining. First of all, again, I want to say that uh, small-scale mining, we can interpret it as a way of survival, a way of livelihood of which uh, our communities here in Africa, they survive through gold mining, best metal mining, and there's what we call industrial mineral mining, which is construction uh, minerals. We also have uh, the gemstone sector, uh, which has also seen an increase, especially here in Zambia. When we look at the ECG, according to your question, the environmental social government governance, it's something we need to work very hard. Uh, the large-scale mines, they've really neglected the small-scale mining industry uh, due to the fact that they think we are getting their share, when, which is not the case. Um, we need to collaborate because the communities, they know what is going on. They know what the large-scale mines are mining. They know what they are taking, and they feel they have been neglected for a long time. Under the corporate social responsibility, we don't see much from these uh, uh, large-scale mines, apart from them maybe giving as a way of giving of um, sanitary uh, pads to the pupils, uh, you know, which is nothing of what they are taking from uh, our people. So the communities, they are not happy, actually. Uh, many of them, we've uh, been able to chat with our colleagues from DRC. 
they are not happy at the moment. Sure. So the the communities are not happy with large scale miners. Uh, so what of uh, the communities and artisanal small scale miners? Artisanal small scale miners, what they've done now, they've made um, a different uh, cooperatives within themselves. Some have made uh, companies and uh, they are able to dig on their own and be able to sell the different minerals to uh, different investors who have come in, especially on the Copperdot province, Lusaka province and Northwestern province. We have a lot of Chinese um, investors who are buying the material, the copper ore. And then we have a lot of Lebanese from Lebanon who are also buying um, copper ore. And we've got some Indians who are buying emeralds. So this is a survival of which uh, many small-scale miners are able to end their meat and be able to take their children to school. Hmm. Yes, definitely. The past years, we have seen a high rise of um, employment levels here in our country, Zambia, they've gone up. This is why after the uh, coming of the current president, President Hakainde Ichirima, he has brought in a lot of confidence to young people that they will be employed either in the large-scale mine of Mopani copper mines or the large-scale mine of Konkola copper mines. So far, the past two years, we have seen that the, the mines they haven't been doing well. They, they, they've, they've had challenges in terms of investment. And the president is working very hard to make sure that they eject some money into these two mines. They've been producing uh, a lot of copper, the, the, the two mines, Mopani copper mines and um, Konkola copper mines. And they are like the backbone of the Copper Belt province. So, so far, what is happening is that um, the small-scale miners, they are able to take the little that is there um, to be able to supply to other investors who have come to buy the copper material here in mm. Zambia. Mm. So, um, uh, it's, I'm glad to hear that the artisanal small-scale miners in Zambia are regulated and that they're able to acquire plots to mine and extract and trade with uh, foreigners uh, and presumably also citizens. So in large-scale mining, we talk about this notion of the license, the social license to operate. Do you feel that it is necessary for those acquiring pieces of land for artisanal small-scale mining or other forms of small-scale mining to also acquire this license to operate from the communities in their vicinity or that this is a situation that is only necessary in case of large-scale mining? Yeah, what has happened um, so far since the coming of uh, the current minister, Honorable Paul Kabusue. He has come in with um, a ban of supporting small scale mining in Zambia. 
So a lot of uh, small scale miners, they've been able to get necessary documentation for them to operate. If you remember last year from the time the new government came in, there's a department under the Ministry of Mines, which is called the Mining Cadaster. This is where all the operations in terms of regulations are done for them to uh, award uh, licenses for you to do the prospecting, licenses for you to mine, and licenses for you to buy and sell. So a lot of small scale miners, they have what is called the trading license permit, which allows you for you to buy the mineral. Even if uh, the government was able to come to you, you'll be able to produce the documents. This is where we were so much behind. So we've made sure that uh, a lot of small scale miners, they have acquired the necessary documents that is needed for them to trade. What has been the problem now, or which we are in discussion with, uh, yeah, there's a department which is called the Zambia Revenue Authority. This is where we pay our taxes. They have introduced what is called a mineral royalty for small scale miners. And um, they've told the buyers to collect the mineral royalty tax on behalf of Zambia Revenue Authority, of which the small scale miners have not agreed to that. Reason being, when copper is mined and where it's coming from, we pay a lot of uh, um, monies, especially uh, when we are buying, when we are digging, and for us to move the material. So we are wondering to why the Zambia Revenue Authority should be telling the buyers to remove the 4% of every tonnage that we deliver to them to remove it, and then the buyer should pay for the mineral royalty. For us, we have found it very cumbersome because um, if Zambia Revenue Authority thought they need to speak to us, they should have come in a nice way for us to be able to pay the taxes that is needed and for them to introduce something which is uh, not uh, which has not been discussed with our members. So we are having a challenge uh, in terms of um, uh, that tax, the mineral royalty tax, which is being given to the powers to being given to the buyers for them to remove a four percent when you deliver the material. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you deliver copper ore of ten percent of ore to the Chinese, maybe a hundred ton, they will remove a four percent of mineral royalty. So, for us, we are finding it very difficult because there's no way someone can be paying tax on our behalf when we are able to do it. Then, apart from that, we are having difficulties to get the mineral royalty certificate from the, 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 the ZRA, Zambia Revenue Authority. You know, other people, they won't even know how to get that uh, uh, mineral royalty certificate. So for me to sell my ore, to sell my material, to sell my gold, I need to have the mineral royalty certificate from Zambia Revenue Authority, which is very, very difficult to get. Hmm. So this is interesting because what you are saying here is that 
the artisanal small scale miners are a community and that as a community uh, mining and trading in a unique environment they have their own unique challenges and that when it comes yes. to royalty you would have preferred for the government to consult with you before instituting this so that uh, there would be a balance and and this is interesting because some of my guests have been emphasizing this notion of uh, free prior informed consent. So that principle here doesn't seem to have been applied. And so you are coming at it as a community disaffected by a government policy. So what's the way forward? How as a community of artisanal small scale miners and you as the chair of the association, how do you take this forward to engage constructively with the powers that be? Yeah, what is important is for them to understand what is going on on the ground. We know that um, uh, small-scale miners, they need to pay the taxes that is due to the government, but they should not make it very, very difficult for us to, to pay that, that tax. When you look at um, what is involved in the mining, especially now it's rain season, you know, there's so many things that are happening in the mining sector for small scale mining. We are having challenges to uh, remove the ore. And when you deliver that ore to the buyer, it will be wet. Definitely the buyer will have an advantage to remove um, the, the, the wet. Uh, you say, no, the material that we have brought, it has got a lot of moisture. So they will put up any percentage for them to, to remove um, from that tonnage you've, you've delivered. If, if the, the buyer tells you, no, this material you've brought, it has got 20% moisture, you can't argue with him. So from the way go, uh, they've armored us on that um, uh, thing of saying, no, the material you've brought is wet. So we'll remove, since the material is wet, we'll remove this percentage. And then they also remove the percentage of the mineral royalty. So government must be able to feel for us. Government must be able to feel for small-scale miners, and they should be able to make a proper uh, way of how they can be able to collect taxes. Because sometimes, uh, you know, you can't know the material. You might be able to know that uh, what I've carried is 30 tons. Now, because of it being weight, it's even more. You know, sometimes it can be more heavy in terms of when you deliver, but when it gets dry, the material will reduce. But that person you are selling to, he has gotten his share. So we are making a loss, you know? So they need to think of a way of how they can be collecting these taxes. Mm. Otherwise it's going to be a, a very difficult way of where people are going to be uh, doing um, shortcuts for them to to sell these materials but if they want the small scale miners to be transparent they need to come to us there's a better way of how they can collect taxes than them just uh, be able to put up that uh, tax incentive without consulting the small scale miners hmm. so 
just to be clear, what you're saying is as a community, you don't mind to pay tax, but you are not happy with the processes, including, for instance, the arbitrary decision, but also, uh, for that matter, the manner in which the all uh, might be valued, whether it's based on weight and others, because of uh, not discounting fairly the yeah. moisture yeah. content when we weigh. Uh, yes. but, but but you acknowledge that it is important for small-scale miners to contribute to public coffers through uh, royalty payment. Is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. Right. So I, I should ask you then, um, you know, mining, whether it is now small-scale or large-scale, can have some adverse effects on communities socially. Let's say, for instance, uh, the influx of people. And when we think of uh, ESG, these are some of the social uh, issues. I mean, how should governments and artisanal small-scale miners work to tackle some of the challenges like safety, health, uh, influx, and other things that may be the unintended consequence, but not the, uh, if you wish, goal of artisanal small-scale how, how should you, your association and others work to tackle these things? Yeah, um, we have uh, done a lot of write-up to our government and uh, they've been able to respond um, quickly to these issues. Like for this year, uh, what we have seen is that government has put up um, some funds under the citizens' economical empowerment. Uh, this is just for small-scale miners who are doing mining. So they've put up some funds for small-scale miners to apply for loans. But we were very quick to mention to them that um, the amount of money which was uh, allocated to small-scale miners was very minimal. When you look at our members, we are uh, more than 50,000 uh, people. And um, just for us to provide safety, to provide um, proper environmental governance issues to these people, we need a lot of money. Uh, we need also um, to create access to some mining sites where people uh, can't go with cars. Sometimes we use motorbikes. Sometimes we have to use bicycles because the area is either dumpy or it's mountainous. We, 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 we can't go there with cars. So our appeal is that government must identify these groups which are able to look after its small-scale miners in terms of safety awareness. Um, we are losing a lot of lives because many small-scale miners are ignorant about it. Lithium has been found in the southern province of Zambia. And when you look at where the lithium is, it's in the mountain places, mountainous places. So the challenge our small-scale miners are facing is for them to bring out that material to where, to the point of uh, 
um, selling. Yes, indeed, those are some difficulties we are having. But uh, for us to move forward, we are appealing to our government if they can be able to increase the amount that has been uh, put up under the citizens' economical empowerment so that we can have a high productive uh, of that material. So these are the challenges. It's not only in the lithium area, but it's also in the gold and copper areas. And um, the challenges are real, actually. Hmm. So uh, I'm intrigued because, yeah. of course, as you uh, other discoveries of new minerals or existing minerals are made, that means uh, small-scale miners are acquiring more land. And that also means potentially that you're conflicting with those who need the land for agriculture. How do Zambia's small-scale miners uh, manage this uh, conflict in terms of access to land? Yes, um, you know, there are some places Especially where minerals are found, um, there are no places where you can do agriculture. Understand is that um, materials sell. After they sell, maybe they'll be able to empower some other people who are into agriculture. There are very few people who are doing mining and at the same time they're doing agriculture. So the concentration is so much on the mining itself because you want to mine and your target is just that I need to get out this material and go and sell. So some areas where we are doing mining, they're not good for agriculture because it's, it's a rock type. It's, there's too much stones. So even if you put up agri um, products there, they, they won't grow properly unless maybe if you use fertilizer and so on. But some areas are not good for mining. But we've got other areas where there's too much water and people are doing mining and at the same time, they are doing agriculture. Like this time is rain season. So a lot of small scale miners, they've danced in their field, they've planted mares, some they've planted groundnuts, pumpkins and so on and so forth like that. They'll be able to use that food stuff. Uh, to look after themselves. They don't need to go to town to go and buy yeah, those things. All they will need is to stock up uh, a lot of groceries and they'll use what they've planted for them to feed their families. Mm. So it's something that is very, very interesting and it's something that we want to promote this year that people can be able to diversify uh, in terms of once they are doing mining, it doesn't mean that they should not do agriculture. So it's mm. something that we we need to put in a lot of talking, especially that if we can encourage our small-scale miners to mm. do farming also. Here is my yeah. last question to you. So as you and I know, mining ends at some stage because the mineral is depleted. From an artisanal and small-scale mining perspective, how do you help the communities once the mineral is depleted? Where we are 
mining, a lot of small scale miners where they are doing mining, they are these are old pits. There are very few new uh, mines. There are old pits that were mined by our investors some time back. And when they left, they thought maybe the copper is finished there. But when they left, that's when we discovered more, more copper in, in, in the areas. So in terms of um, mine closures in Zambia, I've never seen any large scale mining to do this maintenance of mine closures. When they dig, they leave it like that. And that's mm. my worry. What are we going to tell our children? Because they'll come and ask us that these walls that we are seeing here, where has the money gone? You know? And the pits are very, very, very big that for them to be buried, it will need a lot of capital injection in there. So, Many of them, many of the small scale miners, they are going back into these pits, dig, 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 pushing a small truck inside the, 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 the pit. It brings out the material until you manage the tonnage that you want. So I don't think um, I've seen a, a mine closure in some of um, these large scale mines. At the moment, I haven't seen. Although the World Bank has come in. Um, in the central province where they were mining and uh, it's contaminated um, uh, high high lead in the Kawe area. If you know, if you've heard of the broken human in that area where it's a very contaminated area, World Bank has put in a lot of money, if not $50 million that has gone in for them to make that area be environmental friendly to the people. Hmm. Apart so, from that, I've never heard any of the, these large-scale miners maintaining the closure of the, the mines. Do you think part of the problem is that over the years, there has been different people owning these mines? And so when they sell it, they move on, somebody takes on, they move on. And so in the end, it's not clear where the responsibility lies. Yes, I think um, so far uh, I can see a change in the way the governance structures will be aligned, you know. Uh, the government has um, proposed to introduce what is called um, uh, the Mines and Minerals Commission. So this Mines and Minerals Commission will be part of the Ministry of Mines, and it will be able to regulate some of um, this happening, especially mine closures, mine monitoring, and what is happening, and so on and so forth. So I can see a change in terms of the way they are going to integrate the artisanal and small-scale mining in marketing um, the, the, the development model. So I think um, if the Mines and Minerals Commission comes in, I think we'll be able to tackle that because the Mines and Minerals Commission, which will be introduced, I think even this year, it will be doing monitoring, licensing, and permit issuance. These are the issues that are going to be tackled. So 
I can see a a a very good uh, uh, move once this thing is done. Hmm. Well, uh, Simon, thank you very much once again for your time and uh, my very uh, best wishes to you and the members of the Zambia uh, Small Scale Miners Association. It was a pleasure having you on the Sheila Kama Extractive Podcast. Thank you.